0: As you're turning there, I'm going to make a few comments. If you were not here last week, I preached a very important sermon on tithing. I believe it was very inspirational. I want to encourage you to to listen to it. But we all made a commitment. On a little card that looks like this and it's in your bulletin. So if you were not here last week... I want to encourage you to take this card out, and I want to encourage you to write your name on it, write the date on it, and pledge with all of us, because we pledged as an entire body, that we are going to be faithful to God in tithes and in offerings. So if you would take that and fill that out, before you leave today, you can just fold it up, fold it in half, you can give it to an usher before you leave, if you want to come and set it on the altar, before you leave, you can do, you can do that too. Well, let me invite you to stand to your feet. Let's stand together. And we're going to read First Chronicles 16, verses 23 through 36. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all peoples For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord God made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. The world also is firmly established and it shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns! Let the sea roar in all of its fullness. Let the field rejoice and all that is within it. And the trees of the woods shall rejoice before the Lord, for He is coming to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His mercy endures forever. And say... Save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Remain standing as we pray together. O Father. You are great and greatly to be praised. Your people come before you today with praise and adoration to the only God. The one true God who reigns in majesty. Father, teach us today concerning worship. Grant us revelation into this communion experience. For we are your children. We are the sheep of your pasture. Lead us, gentle shepherd. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We have provided sermon notes for you uh, in your bulletin. You go ahead and pull those out at this time. Why do you come to church? Think about that. Why do you come to To church, Some people might say, well, I come to church to be fed. I I come to church to get a good message, a good sermon. Some people will say, I love the music. I love the choir. Oh, I love worship. And that's why I come to church. Some people say, well, I come to church for the fellowship. I have such good friends at this church. I just really enjoy coming to church for the fellowship. Some might say, I come to be lifted up man, I have a really tough job, or I'm going through a difficult season, so I come for encouragement. Others may say, I come for prayer. Now, all of these are good reasons to come to church, but can I propose to you that this is not originally why God's people came to worship Him at the tabernacle? That's not why the people came together to worship God at the temple, nor is it why we should come to worship God here today. You know, it's funny how things digress. Maybe I shouldn't say funny. It, it's sad how things digress in life. How many people have ever read the book of Judges? You've read the book of Judges. Raise your hand. Let me see who I'm talking to. Yeah, isn't it sad? Isn't the book of Judges so sad? God delivered his people Israel from 400 years of slavery. He's actually 430 years of slavery. And he delivered the children of Israel. And he said, I'm taking you to the promised land. I'm taking you to a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to deliver you from slavery and your evil taskmasters by a great and mighty hand. And he did. And he led them into the wilderness. He, he led them... For 40 years in the wilderness. And then he delivered them to the promised land. And here's what he said. Worship me. Honor me. Keep me first. And everything's going to be fine for you. I will bless you. I will provide for you. I'll protect you from all of your enemies. But it wasn't too long. You read the book of Judges. After Joshua who led the children of Israel after Moses died, after Joshua died, and after the elders who served with Joshua died, here's what the scripture says. And another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt. Boy, when you read that, you you say, how could this happen? I mean, that is crazy. The people of God don't even know about God anymore. The people of God are not serving God. They're actually serving idols. How could this happen? Because one generation failed to pass their faith onto the next generation. Church, I want to remind you of this. Christianity is only one generation away from extinction. Did you hear that? Christianity is only one generation away from extinction. So do you know what that means? Parents... Your number one priority is not to teach your son how to play baseball. Your number one priority is not that your daughter is a great little cheerleader or a great dancer. Your number one priority is to model faith to your children. Do you hear me, church? Because they're going to do what you do. They're going to do exactly what you do. And if you don't do this... You can't just tell them to do it. Kids, read your Bible. Kids, go to church. No, 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 don't just tell them to do it. If you don't do it, they're not going to do it. You must model faith to your children in your home. You have to sit there and pray with them at their bedside. You've got to raise them in the faith. Is everybody with me? If you don't do this, they will not. So let me ask you a question. Are you handing your faith down to your children? Because we could be in trouble, church. We could be in real trouble. The subtitle in your notes is called Selfish. Over time, just as the children of Israel were influenced by the nations around them, we have been influenced by America. We have been influenced by our Western way of thinking. We are a very entitled generation. We are a very self-centered generation, and I think you can feel the tension happening even in your own life because we have been uh, we have been influenced by the world that we live in. How many of us often say this? I'm too tired to go to church. I'm too tired. Or, Pastor, I mean, what do you expect? We just spent all day at Cedar Point. You don't expect us to get up and go to church, do you? Pugh, we are exhausted. Or, Pastor, we're just going to stay home. We are just going to stay home as a family and eat breakfast together. You know, that's, that's a good thing. That's an American thing. It's a wholesome thing. That's what we're going to do. So, Church, just, just listen to those words. I'm too tired. We're going to. And so here's what church has become about in our society. It's all about us. Is everybody with me, church? It's all about me. It's not about God anymore. It's all about me. It's about us. Listen, church. We have become the center of our own universe... And everything else revolves around us. Everybody, everybody listening? You can't be the center of your universe. You're going to go to hell. Only if Christ is the center of your universe will you spend eternity with God. Is everybody with me? But here's what's happened in our society. We are the center of our universe and everything else rotates and around us and orbits us. And what's happened is we've made God and church out to be one of those little items that circles our life. It's equal to, write this down in your notes, any other social gathering that we participate in. But, but ch- the church in coming to worship is not just a, a social gathering. Church, it is the gathering of gatherings. It is of utmost importance. It is of supreme importance to worship God, not if you don't have anything else better to do. You see, this world has influenced us. And, church, we can feel it. Amen? We can feel it. Is that bad, Pastor? It's telling. It's telling we've been influenced. Let's turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. So whenever you hear Exodus chapter 20, you know you're going to be reading in the Ten Commandments. We're going to read verses 8 through 11. Exodus 20 verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, or your female servant, or your cattle, or the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is within them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, Keep the Sabbath holy. What what is holy? It is set apart. It means something that is sacred. It has a spiritually pure quality. These are the things you should be writing down in your notes. God commanded his people to keep a day holy as unto him. A day when we can come before our God... And commune together. Exodus thirty-one, thirteen says this: "Speak to the children of Israel. Say to them: Surely my Sabbath you shall keep. It is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you may know that I am the Lord who." sanctifies you god's intent was for us to be separate from this world whereas the world treats this day when we come together to worship god like any other day a day where they can work a day when they can play a day when they can do sports the lord said no i want you to cease from your labors cease from this activity and be holy unto me Psalm 100 says this, make a joyful shout to the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing and know or understand that he is God. He is the one who made us. He is the one who created us. We didn't do it ourselves. He did it. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. Here's what we're learning about worship today. Worship is not just about what you are going to get out of it. Write that down. Worship is not about what you are going to get out of it. So write this down. Here's why we come to church. We come to church to praise his great name. Does that make sense, church? Does that make sense? We come to, Here's why you come to church. To praise his great name. Hallelujah! Worship is not for us. Do you understand that? We're, we're, we're understanding it. We're learning that today. Worship is not for us. It's for God. And so listen, it, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. And I'm saying this with all respect. I'm not browbeating. It doesn't matter If you like the particular song that the choir sung this morning or the particular song that the worship team will lead us in in a moment, the song is not for you. The song is for the Lord. Is everybody with me? The song is for the Lord. And the Lord wants us to come together and sing the same song together. Every one of us. Our younger people are over here. And our older ones are spread throughout the church, right? And those that are in between. And we all sing the same song, singing the same thing to worship our God. In church, if we do it right, and we have a good, right attitude, there is a benefit for us. Write this down. Indirectly, indirectly, but worship is for God. And you will get a benefit out of it. But we've got to come to God first. Amen. Psalm 29, 1 and 2 says this. Give unto the Lord. Didn't we just read this somewhere? Yeah. Our opening verse. It was in 1 Chronicles. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord. Why do we come to church? To give unto the Lord the glory Do His name worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness so we come to church not to get we come to church to give everybody with me we come to church not to get We come to church to give the glory due his name, to worship him in the beauty of his holiness. The second reason we come to church is to recognize from where all of our blessings come from. So let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because we want to recognize where all of our blessings come from. Deuteronomy 8, and we're going to read verses 11 through 14. Verse 11 says, be aware or beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and you are full and you've built beautiful houses and you dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Write this down. Worship is a recognition. It is a recognition of all of our blessings that they come from God. And church, we have to recognize it's not because we're so smart. It's not because you have great business savvy or because you're a really great salesman, or that you went to school some years ago and you got a great education. That's not why you're blessed. You are blessed because every good thing comes from God. And God's children come and stand in the house of worship and they sing to Him. And they worship Him as a recognition that God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider amen the next reason we come to church is to thank him thank him for all that he's done psalm 136 says this oh give thanks to the lord for he is good his mercy endures forever oh give thanks to the god of gods for his mercy endures forever oh give thanks to the lord Of lords. Whereas number two is a recognition. Every good thing comes from God. I understand that. Number three is the response to God. We acknowledge it with our brain and then we respond. Number three, we thank him. Write this down. We thank God for salvation and the forgiveness of sins. We thank him for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank him for health. We thank Him for sight, hearing, the ability to walk and be active. We thank Him for a roof over our heads and our clothes and the food that He provides. We thank Him. Amen? So we come to church to thank the Lord. The next reason that we come to church, number four, is to make vows of our commitment to the Lord. We tell the Lord that we are committed to Him in the form of a vow or a promise. So let's read about that in Psalm 116, the book of Psalms, chapter 116, verses 8 through 14. Psalm 116, beginning with verse 8. You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from falling... I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. Christian, we owe our life to God. And this is no trivial thing. We owe our life to God. He purchased us. He bought us. He saved us. He owns us. He purchased us on the cross. He paid a ransom in his own blood to free us from eternal damnation. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says this. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So number one, God owns us because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he saved us from eternal damnation. Okay, so he owns us once. But did you know that most of us in this room, God owns us double? He owns us double. You see, a very large percentage of us would not even be here if it were not for the mercy of God. How many times have you missed death? How many times have you missed death? Pastor Ryan, our children's pastor, when he was in high school, uh, received a horrible concussion. He had blood on the brain. He had terrible surgeries and... uh, while he was waiting to have one of his more important and last surgeries, the Lord spoke to him and said, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. And not only did Pastor Ryan make a commitment to Christ, he said, I give you my entire life. I'm going to follow you, Lord. The Lord has purchased us double I remember when Ruthie and I were traveling home when we lived in Lima, and I was traveling up I-75. We were going home to Michigan to see my family. We were just outside of of Lima. It was pouring rain. All four kids were in the vehicle. They were very little. Two were in car seats. And I fell asleep with the cruise control on 65. I went off. the. Ruthie was reading a book. I went off the road. I was in the grass going 65 miles per hour in the pouring rain. Ruthie woke up with a, uh, or looked up with a scream, and, and I put my foot on the brake, which, that's not very good, uh, and caused the car to fishtail out of control. By God's grace, we brought it under control. We sat there for a minute and said, wow, God saved us. When we got back on the road we noticed, not even a quarter mile in front of us, there was a huge cement wall where there was a bridge. And as I passed that bridge, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're not your own. You belong to me. You would not even be here, nor would your family be here. You'd all be dead. You belong to me. And how many of you can tell that same story Jen Blackman told that story at her baptism this past Sunday. For those of you that did not hear it, she said she lay dying in a hospital bed after an attempted overdose. She cried out to God to save her. She made a vow to the Lord that she would serve Him. And God saved you, didn't He, Jen? He did. Hallelujah. How many of us have said to God, God, just get me out of this situation. If you'll only heal me, if you'll only deliver me, I'll serve you. I'll give you my life. And he did. And he did, didn't he? He spared your life. And so, church, we owe God our lives. And we come to church. This is why you come to church. To say to God, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. I am here, God, fulfilling my vow to you. I'm a Christian, and I'm going to follow you with all of my heart, soul, and mind. In your notes, being faithful to the Lord. This is how we say to the Lord. This is how we fulfill our vow, by being faithful in prayer, studying the Word of God daily, and then you fulfill that vow every Sunday by coming to God, saying, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. Amen? Well, church, let me talk to you as, you as your pastor. With that thought in mind, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for God's mercy. You know, sometimes, sometimes we I think we can get a little irritated when we have to serve somewhere when we actually really want to be in the church service worshiping and listening to the sermon. Maybe you have to... I don't know, work in discovery or maybe you have to be a greeter or an usher or you got to work security today because somebody else was sick or or, or Hannah calls you back to the nursery and you, you, oh, I got to leave the service. I really wanted to hear this message. I really wanted to be in worship today. God wants you to remember this. He wouldn't even be here. He wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for God. He spared... Your life. Amen? And so we are not only called to come before His presence with singing, we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Amen? So let, let me speak to you. We, we're a very selfish generation. That's the world. That's the world. So let me speak to you about growing in Christ, let me speak to you about maturing in Christ. Serve the Lord with gladness take authority over that evil spirit that whispers in your ear and says you should be ticked off you came here to worship God and you got to work in the nursery no you rebuke that spirit in Jesus name and say I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness because I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for God amen Amen. church that needs to be our attitude we don't come to church for ourselves we come to church for the Lord and we're going to worship him We're going to serve him with gladness. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number five, we come to church to bring sacrifices. What's that? Tithes and offerings. We read earlier, to give unto the Lord. David said this, I will never offer to God that which costs me nothing. I will never offer to God. That's what costs me nothing. And here's where that thought comes from Deuteronomy sixteen, sixteen and 17. It says this, None shall appear before me empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord which God has given you. The Lord expects us to come to church and bring our tithes and to bring our offerings and God receives this as worship. Think about this with me. When the children of Israel came to the tabernacle in the wilderness, you don't think they were saying, well, what am I going to get out of this? Do you? You think they came to the tabernacle and they're bringing a little lamb that they're going to sacrifice and they're going, well, what am I going to get out of it? No, they were coming to actually keep living. That's why they were coming. Y- y'all get, y'all with me? Right? They were coming because they wanted to keep living. And if they didn't sacrifice that lamb, they're probably going to die in one of those horrible things that happened out in the wilderness. Okay? They were coming so that their sins would be removed. They, they were coming to worship God. And, church, we have to recognize that today. They were there to give God glory, worship Him, thank Him, pay their vows, and give their offerings. And, church, if we desire to meet God in this place, if we desire to receive encouragement, if we desire to receive edification, then we have to change our mindset from one of receiving to one of giving. Amen? We have to change our mindset. From one of receiving to one of giving. So let me help you understand this a little better, because you'll get this. At Christmas time, when you're a child, all right? At Christmas time, when you're a child, what's it all about? It's all about me and what mom and dad are going to get me. And you make a list, don't you? And you call grandma. Grandma, I know I haven't talked to you in 12 months. No, you never start like that. But you usually say... Grandma, can you get... Here's my list. Or Mom and Dad, here's what I'm asking for for Christmas, right? But but as an adult, how do you view Christmas? As an adult with children, you view Christmas like this. Oh, this is going to be so exciting. I can't wait to get my child this. Or I'm going to... Uh, Maybe you remember getting them their first bicycle and how exciting that was for you to give them their first bicycle. But as a parent, you can't wait to give them this thing, right? You can't wait. And church, that's the way God wants us to look at worship. From a mature perspective, not about what we're going to get, but about what we're going to give to God. Do you see the difference? Everybody with me? Do you see the difference? Worship team, I'm going to invite you to come back up. Congregation, we're going to keep filling in the blanks. So when you're doing worship right, everything is about God. When you're doing worship right, everything is about God. You, It's about praising Him. It's about recognizing His blessings. It's about thanking Him. It's about paying our vows to Him. It's about bringing tithes and offerings to Him. And church, when we make it all about Him, guess what? He pours out His Spirit upon us. And He meets us in the services. That's when He comes and He heals. And He saves. And He delivers. So here's what we're going to do. Let me invite you to stand right now. We're going to make it all about Him. We're going to make it all about about him amen Amen. nick is going to come and read psalm 150 and the worship team you can just begin to play we're going to worship god so our our message today was was about worship and now we're going to practice worship amen hallelujah